Good morning. The members of Faith Lutheran Church welcome you to the 8 o'clock broadcast of our worship service from the Faith Ministry Center Sanctuary for our annual Flag Day worship service. Leading the liturgy this morning is Director of Children's Education, Mike Henning. Preaching this morning is the Reverend Aaron Rosenau. To access today's worship folder online, go to our website, www.faithfoxvalley.org, and click Resources and Downloads. Open Worship Downloads and click the square with the cloud for Traditional Worship Folder, Flag Day, 6-11-23. We now join the service already in progress. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. Welcome to you if you're here in person or worshiping with us online today or over a radio broadcast. So good to have you. Um, We are continuing a series we started last week and we'll carry it through the summer. It's called Rethink the Lies That We Believe. And we're talking about those things that we tell ourselves or we listen to from the culture or from our enemy, the devil, who wants us to be distracted or deceived. And so we're rethinking. And uh, so today that'll be part of our theme. Um, During our late service also today, we're going to be welcoming new members to our church. So celebrating the fact that we're bringing in a whole other class of new new family members to our church family here at Faith. so if you happen to still be around this, uh, later this morning, get to see them and welcome them, that'd be great. Um, and then we're also, you could tell by the, the uh, theme of the music today, we're also celebrating Flag Day. Flag Day is later this week, and yesterday had the largest Flag Day parade in the United States here in Appleton, and so we like to celebrate this weekend uh, Flag Day, not because we're... Um, worshiping the flag, but the God who has given us this place to live and celebrate the freedom that we enjoy here. And so we just uh, honor and celebrate that today as well. So uh, we'll begin with that. We'll ask you to stand as you're able as we begin with our salute to the American flag. We join together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
Our opening musical selection this morning is God Bless America by Irving Berlin, arranged by Joseph Martin. Thank you. 
also salute the Christian flag together. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Our next hymn is God of Our Fathers from Lutheran Worship number 501. God of our fathers, whose almighty hand leads forth in beauty all the starry band of shining worlds in splendor through the skies, our grateful songs before your throne arise.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. On April 21, 1891, several descendant relatives of George Washington sold a remarkable collection of Washington's personal belongings in a Philadelphia auction. Among them was a manuscript book written in Washington's handwriting entitled, Daily Sacrifice. Today we use one of Washington's prayers recorded in this book as our spoken confession. O most glorious God, in Jesus Christ, my merciful and loving Father, remember that I am but dust and remit my transgressions, negligences, and ignorances and cover them all with absolute obedience of thy dear Son, that those sacrifices which I have offered may be accepted by thee in and for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ offered upon the cross for me. For his sake, ease the burden of my sins and give me grace that by the call of the gospel I may rise from the slumber of sin into the newness of life. These weak petitions I humbly implore thee to hear and accept for the sake of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thanks be to God. The peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to turn to one another and share God's peace and greeting in the Lord. The members of the congregation are greeting one another in the name of the Lord, saying, Peace be with you as a sign of reconciliation and of the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. May the peace of the Lord be with our online and radio listening audiences as well. Our next selection is Blessed Jesus at Your Word from Lutheran Service Book number 904. Blessed Jesus at Your Word, we are gathered all to hear You. Let our hearts and souls be stirred. Now to seek and love and fear You by Your teachings, sweet and holy, drawn from earth to love You solely.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us your holy word to help us understand your will for our lives and to prevent us from being misguided by our own reasoning. By the work of your spirit and the light of your holy word, transform our hearts and renew our minds so that we may love and serve you alone above all else. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. It's now time for our children's message. We have some kids here this morning. Why don't you come on over? I'm going to ask you to sit right up here in this first pew right here this morning. Got a few more coming up. Good morning, boys and girls. It is so glad, I'm so glad to see you here this morning. If you were paying attention right away, you heard Pastor Aaron talk about how we are celebrating Flag Day today. Flag Day is just a fun celebration, and as Pastor Aaron said, we, we do that to honor the American flag. And when I think of the American flag, what colors do you think of? Just say them. Red, white, and blue, absolutely. You know, those colors have a special, special meaning. Did you know that? You did? Do you know what the meaning is? Do you know what they mean? The stars are for how many states or? The stars are for the states. Yep, that's correct. You know what the colors are representing? Probably not. We probably don't talk about that too much, do we? Well, this is, I'm going to share that with you this morning. The red do you know what the red stands for or it can represent? It represents courage. It represents courage. Did you know that? You did? Oh, I'm sorry, I should have called on you. Oh. <laughs> you know, there are many men and women who showed a tremendous, a lot of courage, and they sacrificed their lives, many did, for the freedoms that we have in the United States of America. They would go to battle and fight wars so that we can have the freedoms that we have here in the USA. White, the color white, you've got a pretty white dress on, you have a white top on, looks like everyone has a little white somewhere. White stands for purity. Do you know what purity means? That means to do what is right. Purity means to do what is right. And we just pray that our country will always stand for what is right, the right thing to do. And then we have blue, right? Blue. How many people have blue on today? I see some blue here, a blue here, I see some blue there and some blue there. A lot of blues going on. Very patriotic today. Love it. Blue stands for justice. You know what justice is? At the beginning, we said the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And at the end, it says, and justice for all. 
right? That just means that everyone should be treated fairly. That's what justice means. So that's the American flag. But then we also did a pledge to the Christian flag. And the Christian flag we have right up here in the corner. And do you see the colors that are on that? Those are the same ones, right? We have red. There's a cross up there. You can't see it really well because it's kind of wrinkled in there. There's red and then there's blue and then a lot of it is white. So let's talk about what those colors can remind us of. Okay? How about the red? The red reminds us of Jesus' blood. Because Jesus, he made the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice when he died on the cross for us. And he shed his blood for us. In the Bible, in Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Without Jesus' sacrifice, there's no forgiveness. So thank you, Jesus, right? How about white? White, that can remind us of forgiveness, too. When we confess that Jesus is our Savior, our sins are forgiven. That's great news, isn't it? Our sins are forgiven, and we are clean. White as snow is what it says in the Bible. We are white as snow. And also in the Bible it says we are washed clean. That's pretty cool, isn't it, to think about it? How many got really dirty yesterday playing outside? And then it was bath time, and you got nice and clean, right? That water washed all that dirt away. And the love of Jesus and the blood that he shed on the cross washes all of our dirty sinfulness away. That is so cool. And then how about blue? Blue reminds me of God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. That, means, that just means he's always going to be with us and he's going to be for us also. In the Bible reading, I'm going to have a Bible reading in just a couple of seconds here in 1 John, and it talks about how God is faithful. When we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he forgives us of our sins. So I just love those colors, red, white, and blue. Not only does it remind us of the American flag, but most importantly, the Christian flag and for what that stands for. So let's pray, okay? I'll, I'll pray, you repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for our country and the freedoms that we have. We thank you, God, for Jesus, who died for us, so that we have freedom from our sins. And we receive the gift of salvation. And we receive the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for coming today. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay? What's your question?
We'll continue with our Bible readings for today. Our first reading comes from 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our second reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what is accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. As you're able, will you please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel? The Holy Gospel today, according to St. Mark, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And through the words of the Apostles' Creed, we confess our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Well, again, good morning. Uh, yesterday, I did something I haven't done in 30 years. I played in a marching band. No joke. Some of you know that my wife and I have been homeschooling our four children, and um, the last 10 years of that, they've been a part of a 
band and choir program here in the Valley for homeschoolers called Valley Troubadours. And the Troubadours band marched in the Flag Day Parade yesterday. And they invited alumni and parents who had band experience to march also. So I did. (laughs) I marched in the band. In high school, I played baritone. And so I played baritone in the marching band yesterday. But seriously, I had not played the baritone in 30 years (laughs) until I picked it up last weekend to practice for the first time. Now, here's the thing that I learned this week. When you haven't used a skill in 30 years, (laughs) you need to give yourself a lot of grace. (laughs) because you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I made more than my fair share of mistakes. And I want to apologize right now to the Valley Troubadours and everybody else watching the parade yesterday for all the wrong notes and the fact that my lips just would not work by the end of the parade. I need a lot of grace. But here's the thing. It's not just when we're relearning or learning something new, that we need grace. I mean, I think that we can forgive ourselves plenty when we're trying to learn something new or when we're trying to pick up the baritone for the first time in 30 years, but it's those times when we're doing something we should know well, when we're in the middle of something that we've practiced and we've done for years, when it's really hard to give ourselves grace. So we last week started this sermon series that will carry us through the summer, as I mentioned. It's called Rethink, The Lies That We Believe. And this week, the lie that we really want to address is, you could state it like this. It's not okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to make mistakes. That's the lie. I can remember years ago when I was a teenager visiting my grandparents, watching my grandmother deal with a major mistake. This is a woman who seemed spent her whole life in the kitchen. And she was making something she had made a thousand times, thousands of times over her lifetime. But this time it did not go well. I don't know if she ever figured out what went wrong exactly, but it was a complete flop. And she found herself having to scramble and make different plans while family was over. I don't know how she did it, but my grandmother was cool as a cucumber. She just laughed it off and chalked it up to being human. Go figure. (laughs) She's human, and humans make mistakes, even when it's something you've done thousands of times before. But not everybody's able to brush off mistakes like that. Any perfectionists in the house? Yeah, I see a few. I'm not the only one. I know it. Come on, admit it. Perfectionists, yes, you know, some of us can get terribly anxious about getting it right. Not just so-so right, but perfectly right. 
perfectionists. We stew about it. We obsess about it. We beat ourselves up over the smallest of mistakes. It has to be exactly right. Amen? Yeah, yeah, some of us are like this. I'll let you in on a little secret of mine. Man, Mike, this is getting really personal now. Okay, so I, I don't know if, uh, if you're okay with the pastor being this transparent, but here we go. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> True confession. <laughs> I put things off like the best of procrastinators, but not usually because I'm lazy, but because I'm obsessive. I know that once I start something, I will refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it and obsess over it for hours or days or weeks. This sermon, for example. Yeah. I gave myself just enough time to write down my thoughts, but not too much because I I put it off most of the week until I had to get it written down because I wanted to be perfect. And I think because I know you are all so hard on your pastor. <laughs> I'm just kidding, actually. <laughs> totally. No, my, so what happens is my, my, my pursuit of perfection fuels my procrastination. So I would spend way too much time and it would consume my entire week if I got started too early because I would just refine and refine and refine and refine and not get anything else done. I too often believe the lie that it has to be perfect. Now, we have to be careful, of course. It's not a bad thing to pursue excellence. That's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. I'm all for excellence. I think God is all for excellence. You know the old adage, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. I think that's a good thing. The problem comes when we destroy ourselves with impossibly high expectations. And we fail to give ourselves enough grace to fail, knowing that we're human. So I'm sorry to tell you, you are going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to get it perfect. You won't get every number right. You won't get every diagnosis right. You won't land every sale. You won't make all your students happy or get all your coworkers to appreciate you, whatever it is, right? You are not perfect. And this side of heaven, you can't be. What does John say? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Now, admittedly, we might be able to acknowledge that, but it's oftentimes very hard to accept it. We're not perfect. Oh, and by the way, neither is your spouse. <laughs> or your children, or your parents, or your coworkers, or your neighbors, or your president, right? None of them are perfect either. Here's the other side of the lie that we tell ourselves. It's not okay for my wife to make mistakes. 
That's the lie. I talk about this in marital counseling and premarital counseling all the time. For, for whatever reason, at some point, husbands and wives start keeping a tally. They start tracking all the grievances. It's almost like every argument goes back to something that happened in 2007. Right? So, and it, it keeps, you keep bringing it up. You don't, don't let it go. You keep rubbing your partner's nose right in it. By the way, which is, I think that expression comes from puppy training, right? House training your puppies. Because at least it used to be the case that when your little puppy made a mess in the house instead of outside, you rubbed their nose in it. And then you took them out to where they're really supposed to make the mess, right? We can do this with other people's mistakes, We keep throwing the mess right at their face. What does Paul say? 1 Corinthians 13. You know this if you've ever been to a wedding. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So when I'm sitting down with a couple in counseling, I'll usually ask the guy sitting across from me, are you perfect this is usually the moment of great clarity. Even if you're under the delusion that you need to be perfect, it's that question that usually gets people to be honest. Are you perfect? And he'll say, no, I'm not perfect. And then I'll respond with, then don't expect your wife to be. Of course, I ask the wife the same thing. Are you perfect? And she'll say, oh, of course not. I'm not perfect. Then don't expect your husband to be. So often we elevate other people's mistakes and underplay our own. And we expect them to live up to a standard we, are, we cannot possibly live up to ourselves, nor can they. There's a pastor and author in California. His name is Larry Osborne. He's a great pastor, author of several books. And he wrote one called Accidental Pharisees. His point is, we can become a lot like those religious leaders in Jesus' day. Without even trying to be, we don't think that we're doing it. We're not trying to do it. But we, we, we sort of hold up other people's uh, lives to a higher standard than we are willing to live ourselves. And that's what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were doing in Israel at the time of Jesus, right? Mark chapter 2, we just heard this in our gospel reading today. Jesus calls Levi, whose name is also Matthew, calls Levi to follow him out of the tax collector booth. And Jesus sits down in Levi's house where other sinners are gathered around also. And the Pharisees sneer at Jesus. And they're critical of Jesus because he's hanging out with sinners. He asks his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? As if they're not sinners too. What's going on with these people? Well, we can do the same thing as the Pharisees. In essence, being overly critical of other people's sins and not critical of our own. Or 
God forbid, we have such a high standard, we hold them and ourselves to perfection when we can never reach it. And I think it all boils down to this, which is really, I think actually the deeper lie underneath the perfection lie. And that lie is this, my value or others' value is determined by how we perform. Our value is based on how we perform. That's the lie. So Chris Thurman, psychologist, wrote a book. It's actually where we got the subtitle of our series, The Lies That We Believe. He wrote a book called The Lies We Believe. And he said, this is what he says. The world is obsessed with performance. In the world's mind, performance is not only an indication of whether you are a loser or a winner, but of whether you have any worth at all as a human being. This is a destructive attitude that may be inescapable when we live in a competitive, success-driven world. But it creates in so many of us a deep-seated sense of worthlessness that we carry around like a 500-pound weight. A deep-seated worthlessness. Anybody else relate to this? Like if it's not just right, if you're not performing, if you can't do what someone else can do, you feel worthless. This is the lie we believe. If I mess up, I'm worthless. Because we equate our worth with achievement, performance, success. Oh, and how the, de- the devil loves to rub your nose in this, doesn't he? To bring those mistakes right to your face and remind you all the time, over and over and over again, oh, you did this, God's through with you. You are worthless. But the devil is the father of lies. He wants you to believe that your sole worth is based on what you do. If you perform, if you are good enough, if you get your life together, if, 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 then God will love you. Then you'll feel that you have worth and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and your family members will give their approval. But our worth is not in how we perform. No one is loved in God's eyes based on how they live. God simply loves. God doesn't love you if. God loves you, period. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of a position in your life where you felt worthless. Before I came here to faith, I was in a season of ministry that was really hard. And I actually had someone tell me to my face just how awful a pastor I was. And it was crushing. 
because I lived on people's approval. Like I, I felt my worth, that I had security in my job because people were happy with what I did. And I had to hear God saying through his word, through my devotions and the songs we were singing and hearing other pastors preach it, I needed to hear the message, Aaron, you are my beloved, period. It doesn't matter what other people think of you. It doesn't matter how well you got it together. I love you, period. I want you to hear that message today. Wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, hear this message from God. I love you. You are the Lord's beloved. How do you know? Because he gave his blood for you. Now, if someone lays down their life for you, it's a pretty amazing sacrifice. But we're talking about the Son of God, the creator of all, who took on our human flesh and poured out his blood for you. And if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have done it for you. This is not just for everybody else, because they're good enough and I'm not. No, for you. If you were the only one on the planet, Christ would have died for you. Hear that. Let that sink into the depths of your soul. It's the truth. Have you made mistakes? Are you far from perfect? Every one of you should be, yep, (laughs) far from perfect. Guess what? You're the exact kind of person that God loves. What did Jesus say? It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And Christ has come for the sick. He came to give his blood for you. And it has tremendous value. That's where your worth comes from. Your worth comes from the love of God. Not from what you do. Not in other people's approval of you. Not in getting it just right. Your value is in God's truthful word. It says, you are mine and I love you. Amen? We have an opportunity now to give thanks to God for his tremendous gifts. Take a moment in our worship to bring our offerings to the Lord as we sing this great song, um, a great hymn of our faith, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood and Righteousness. Let's sing. Our offering hymn this morning is My Hope is Built on Nothing Less from Lutheran Service Book number 575. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No merit of my own I claim, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand.
invite you to stand. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gathered in the name of Jesus, let us now humble ourselves and turn to our Heavenly Father in prayer, lifting up all people according to their needs and trusting that our loving and amazing God will hear us and answer us according to his will. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the preservation of absolute truth and the one true Christian faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the bride of Christ, the church, to bear much fruit and witness effectively in the name of Jesus, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who reject Jesus or do not know him, those who have been hurt by the Christian church and all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have been devastated by violence, war, and natural disasters, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the strength of families, the sanctity of marriage, and the protection of children, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the preservation of liberty and thankfulness for those who have given their lives in defense of our country, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the unborn, the abused, the forgotten, and the lost, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the hungry, the widowed, and the orphaned, and the lonely, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those battling addiction, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those with physical and mental disabilities and all their caregivers, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and hospitalized, for Jackie Warnicke, who is dealing with some medical issues, and Bob Zulsdorf, who has been placed on hospice care, that you would direct their, their care, bring healing and faith in every time of need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are celebrating the gifts of this life, including the family of Jace Schumacher, who will be baptized this morning, and for Tim and Joanne Schwan, who are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, and all others celebrating their wedding anniversaries, birthdays, and baptismal birthdays, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For our nation, for our leaders, those in positions of making decisions, for our military personnel, and all who give of themselves for the sake of our freedom and liberty, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and, give, and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us for today's worship service from the Faith Ministry Center of Faith Lutheran Church. All the members of Faith Lutheran Church invite you to join us for any of our worship services. We would enjoy sharing the time with you. For Ministry Center locations, worship, and education times, please visit our website at www.faithfoxvalley.org or call the church office at 739-9191. Any communication regarding this broadcast can be directed to Stephen Moore, Director of Worship Arts, Faith Lutheran Church, 601 East Glendale Avenue, Appleton, Wisconsin, 54911. Until we meet again, may the Lord bring you peace. Peace.